why shouldn't he? I'm his wife after all. Then why don't you behave like his wife? What? Why ain't you give him no kids? Quiet, Sylvia. That's between Morris and me. You're so selfish, Monica. You might not have wanted them, but he did. Shut up, ma'am. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't I? There are things you know nothing about. Morris. Like what? Tell her. Why can't you tell her? She can't have kids. Simple as that. She's physically incapable of having children. We've had every test known to medical science. She's been pushed around, prodded, poked, had operations. We've had 15 years of it, and she can't have a baby. I love you to bits. But it's almost destroyed our relationship. And you know it has. There. I've said it. So where's the bolt of lightning? Secrets and lies. We're all in pain. Why can't we share our pain? Episode 119 of the Cult of Matt and Mark. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And make sure to like us on Facebook at the Cult of Matt and Mark or head over to our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Any show news? Any show news this week, Mr. How is, uh, have you been looking at our stats on the uh, Facebook page? Uh, I go there from time to time. I don't look at the stats because I really mm. don't care. But uh, I think we should buy you? some likes. I know you can do that. <laughs> Well, no, just buy a make thousand. A, make a, just buy like a like a hundred thousand. Bieber does it. Bieber, yeah. Oh well, it, he needs those likes nowadays. I don't know <laughs> what the fuck he's doing. Is he like? Uh, is he into rap metal yet? Is that, is that no? Is that pretty that sure he's just yet? doing Sizzurp and and hookers, oh, which is exactly right. what I'd be doing if I was uh, nineteen years old and had several a couple hundred million dollars sitting around and no rules. Oh, that would be crazy. Yeah, no wonder that kid's a mess. Uh, I, you give any kid that much freedom, he's uh, going to be a mess. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I watched uh, an interesting film tonight. Oh, what did uh, you say? It's just out. It's called Filth. Filth? Uh, Scottish, Scottish film. Sounds, uh, sounds, uh, it sounds uh, like a, a heavy drama. Uh, I guess. Uh, it's. Uh, I forget the actor. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to even bother trying to remember. Anyway, it... It's uh, about a Scottish detective in Edinburgh uh, who has quite a few problems with substance abuse and sexual proclivity. Is that mm. the right word? Proclivity? Uh, yeah. Wasn't there a movie called Shame with Fastbender? Yeah, I know. Well, Didn't you watch that? I never saw that. As much as I, I like did. Fastbender's floppy dick, which I heard uh, you see in that movie. I kind of want to uh, do a double feature of shame and filth. <laughs> well, as long as we put, Lisey, what else can we put in there? Happiness, The Human Stain, what other oh, terrible movies. No, I just like the shame and filth double feature just because there's like <laughs> single words of uh, sexual disgust, you know. Well, we, could, uh, we could do uh, Pink Flamingos as a palate cleanser oh, in between God the almighty. two. No. Maybe just the anus scene. You know, I learned, uh, interesting enough, what do you call, I'm going to say a flock, or a group of flamingos? A group of flamingos? Yeah. 
Like you call murder of crows, uh-huh. a wake of buzzards. Uh, you know, there's they have all bird sorts of weird. What is, it, what, what, is it, what is it for starring? It's like a confusion, I think. Oh, called. confusion! A charm of goldfinch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But a, a a flamingo is a flamboyance of flamingo. Yeah, it sounds like there's there's some funny business going on. I know it does, community. doesn't it? Sounds like there's some bullshit going on with that whole. I'm pretty sure. We'll just, let's we, just stick with it's it's fun. It's beautiful poetic. Well, everybody though. everybody like knows murder of crows, but there's a whole fucking encyclopedia bullshit names for groupings mm. of birds depending yeah. on the bird. I, I do like a wake of buzzards though. I always think that's kind of a cool one. But. Yeah, I, I, they should do it with every type of animal. Maybe you know the, we're talking about crows. You made me realize I finished uh, book five of the Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, you're this going last through. Week. You're going through the Earth, Wind, and Fire series, huh? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I'm ahead of the show, though. I haven't watched it, but man. Those must be. That fucking Martin guy, man. He loves to kill off characters. That's all I'm going to say. He must be. uh, He must be fairly accessible writing wise. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty easy. My mom's reading it. All right. So it's it's, not. It's it's really the writing level is on the level of Tolkien. So I think Tolkien was, I think when it first came out, it was sort of characterized as children book. I remember when I went to uh, check out The Lord of the Rings, I hadn't read it until I went to Western. I I think I'd only read The Hobbit before. And uh, it was in the children's section at the the Western Library, (laughs) which gives you an idea. Wait, the George R. R. Martin No, 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 the Tolkien. Oh, the Lord of the Rings. Stuff. Oh, so it's okay. at that level. It's it's very accessible. I think Martin's really in a he's a man of the people. He's got an interesting right. story. He's been a big part of like the comic book community for decades. Really? Like he he's like he's a, like a super fan. I was reading this week that um he bought the literally the first ticket to the first New York Comic Con back Jesus in like Christ. 70 something. What, what what was he like 150 pounds at that time? He was just a young man. I guess he used to be one of like the biggest letter writers to Marvel and he would always get his fan letters printed in the comic books. He's a huge wow. comic book nerd. That's crazy. I, yeah. Well, that sort of shows well, I, I I don't read the books. Does it show through in the books? I, I would just watch the show. Oh, his, shows, his love of Tolkien and and high fantasy shows through. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, it's strangely little high fantasy in Game of Thrones other yeah, than I think, Well, you're, you're right. I think he, what he's done is he's sort of taken a... He tries to set it in a world of high fantasy, but focus on the mundane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the, uh, That's sort of... He's sort of like, let's 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 show terrible medieval era war making and struggles for power in a high fantasy world, but, but the struggles of men in that world. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's not... Well, Women do occasionally get raped. <laughs> and there's Brian. Uh, who's that? Have you? Who's I, that? I thought you were watching the TV show. I'm pretty sure I am. Brian. Brian. They call her. They call her Brian. In the in the. I don't know what the hell. It's the, the it's the, the manly woman. woman. Warrior. Yeah, the yeah, manly, the manly woman. woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I watched the show. I, I don't have any compunction to to read the novels. I don't know why. I think it's because they're spoiled already by watching the show. Mm. So, you know, if I go back through, it'll just kind of sully it a little bit. It's definitely summer reading sort of stuff. It's it's their page turners. Although I read Dune after I watched the movie and uh, had a totally separate depiction of it in my head, which is sort of interesting. Well, I mean, Uh, there's a fair amount of changes. And there's there's some some changes from what I've seen of the TV show. I haven't watched it all the way through. 
but they they do mess with the storyline a little bit. Yeah, no, that's what Rosa said. But that, that's pretty better. standard. It's a different medium. And George R. Yeah. R. R. Martin has a really nice take on it. He says, you know, it's it's there. I mean, it's their medium. They know what they're doing. Right. Well, that's always that always you know when when uh, novelists always get po'd about how their novel has been portrayed in a film for good or bad. I'm like, yeah, but you guys don't know how to fucking make a movie, so. You know, I don't know. I'm a you know, I write a book. I wouldn't know how to start a movie. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have the you know, faintest idea what would make a good movie and what to leave out and what to leave in. Yeah, but anyway. George R. R. Martin seems like a pretty cool dude. Yeah, he's the uh, what is he? The American Tolkien. Is he's our. The, is he's our. Um, what would you call it? Uh, what do you call the the national poet of the United States? What's that called? The poet laureate. Poet laureate. He's the yeah. nerd laureate. Well, good on him. That's a good. That's a. That's a pretty uh, weighty title these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just look at his bank account. Oh fuck, dude. God damn, man. When you strike it rich like that, <laughs> you're just fucking. Everything you do is gold. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking a. I, I, yeah. He. It, anyway. But just uh, imagine the pressure on him to write those goddamn books. Write another one, fucker. <laughs> I mean, we got a whole series cast. And I know. Just imagine, like, one. HBO's got so much money riding on it, and they're going to run out of material in a couple seasons. They're like, look, you can't take seven years to write the next book. Oh, my God. It's probably going to be shit. It'll probably be, like, just shit that he's cranking <laughs> out. I don't know how prolific the dude is. I don't know if he's, like, writing a million short stories a second. And, I know. You know. I don't think he works that fast, no. I Yeah. I, I work tediously slow, so I can't imagine you know, writing like Stephen King, who writes like a novel every fucking month. Well, the thing guy. is, the the storyline moves at a ponderous rate. And you're like thinking, you get, you sort of see like these big powers at work in the world he's created. And like they make, I mean, <laughs> every novel, they make almost no progress to each other. I mean, at the well, end of the fifth novel, other than the infighting and the different wars and things changing that way, the main the main conflict of the story hasn't really changed at all. No, well, I've been watching this season, and just spoilers, everybody, but I I think Arya Stark has gone about 100 yards <laughs> you know, in, in five episodes. And oh, like, God oh, damn, isn't this fuck? yeah, isn't this fucking... Yeah, the Arya uh, Stark storyline is... Oh, I was thinking, is it Arya? Which is the older of the, the sisters? She's the younger sister. Sansa, I think, is the yeah, older Yeah, one, Sansa, like... There's like almost no change in Santa's storyline in the sixth movie, in the, in the fifth book, I mean, and in yeah. the fourth book, there's like no change of Arya's storyline. We finally get a little bit of Arya's storyline, but she's been sta- stuck in she was stuck in the same place, the same uh, city, the whole storyline. Yeah, so I have I, no I idea where things are going except for the characters who get killed. Oh, well, that's obvious. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we're stalling. Let's get to this movie. Mm. All right. Uh, this uh, week. It's Mark's choice. Uh, mm-hmm. Secrets and Lies, 1996, plot rundown. Cynthia lives in London with her sullen street sweeper daughter. Her brother has been successful with his photographer's business and now lives nearby in a more upmarket house. But Cynthia hasn't been invited round after a year. So all this is terrible. So all around, she feels rather lonely and isolated. Meanwhile, in another mm. part of town, Hortense, adopted at birth but now grown up, starts to try and trace her mother. Uh, that's it. I didn't want to get I mean, that's, fi- that's fine. I mean, uh, that's basically it's a the main the main crux of the storyline is adopted person tries to find their birth mother 
after yeah. their adoptive parents dies. And that's basically exactly the, that's basically the the push that gets the story running to its conclusion. As I uh, like to uh, quote Pink Floyd when it comes to situations and dramas like these is uh, um, living lives of quiet desperation is the English way. I mean, that, that is the, just that that desperation is so beautifully sweet in this movie. It's well, just, it's, it's, you know, I'm not a big drama guy. And yeah. um, after uh, you were disappointed in my choice last week. The viewers didn't get to listen because I cut it out of the podcast. I noticed that, but uh, and I was just sort of like, oh god, did I did I fuck up? You know, because this is this is my cycle. This is my choice. You know, it's not really. It a is your movie. choice. And the thing is, I'm not a big drama guy. Drama movies. I don't really like drama. I don't yeah. really like melodrama. I mean, that's one thing I don't like about the Lord of the. I mean, the uh, George R. R. Martin stuff. But um, every once in a while, a movie just hits me right, and this is one of those movies. And I think this is—I think this is one of the great dramas of the '90s, really. And it just—I mean, this is—I think it was like the third time I've watched this movie, and I'm just bawling at the end. And what? the thing is, I'm oh, sort of a, a sociopath to a certain extent. I don't really empathize or sympathize with people very well. But this movie just really gets me all the way down in my gut. And well, uh, that's—I think, uh... it, think it's a—I think it's a really great drama it's it's really well regarded by the critics even though i don't think it was widely viewed by the american viewing public at the time so this will be an interesting podcast because i had the exact opposite reaction to this film. oh that is such a shame matt i no, told i told well, i told gene earlier today i go gene, after i watched the movie i go man this movie just hits me so deep i was going if matt doesn't like this movie i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna quit the podcast that's what i told him <laughs> Because that means see, there's something there's something broke inside Matt. He's, he's a cold otherworld alien, <laughs> and I can't be by that. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Um, what? Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to question you. Sure. On a few things. Mm-hmm. What were you relating to in this film? What? 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 Okay. So, yeah. Who were you relating to? And well, I, what was... I, I can see myself in pretty much all these characters. I see myself in the messed up Cynthia that's sort of depressed and sort of lost in her life and without happiness. I see myself in Maurice as sort of, you know, somebody that tries to please other people, but it doesn't ever seem to totally work out for him just because of the various, just the powers outside of himself that he can't control like his relationship with his wife like when you when you see him come home that one time and his wife's vacuuming and she's just yeah. in a terrible mood because she's having bad cramps and uh you know i see myself a little bit in roxanne the daughter who sort of lost her way and is sullen yeah and um and uh yeah i mean i think those three characters and their problems i don't know they seem to hit me pretty well and i um also, this movie, you know, it's really talking about motherhood and parents, and uh, I just, I, it just, it hits, it hits the whole idea of being a child or having a child from so many different angles, with such, you know, such bittersweetness. It, I think it's, it just really hits home, you know, that relationship we have with the people that we're genetically related to. I c- it, doesn't, uh, okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't strike all those chords inside of you. Well, I it does me. It plays me like characters. a violin. 
I could, well, the, the music was a little overwrought. Actually, a lot overwrought. Yeah, it was. That's, that's it was. Weird. It was. It was. It was very tedious, uh, and I think a little. Ex- a little bit of emotional extortion. Going oh on. no, there's no emotional extortion in this movie. Oh, whatsoever. with that music, the music is very tedious. Mm. Uh, tedious. Well, I just, I that's, just don't see. I mean, that, okay, that's how I'm. That's that's that's. Yeah. That's the word I kept going over in my head watching the mil- film. I was like, this is very very tedious. So, did, did none of the situations spoke to you at all. The pain and the secrets. I, it, well, there 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 was a few. Issues I had just with the mechanics of the film. For starters, if mm-hmm. you have family members that don't like each other very much, which you yeah. have that in spades, why would you be sitting in a quiet room across from each other? In in dysfunctional families or dysfunctional relationships, what tends to happen is you compartmentalize and you drift off into your own little, you know, room or your you know your own little habits. You don't sit in a room and just fucking tediously engage each other and get on each other's nerves day after day well they don't they don't do that in this movie when when they're only together at the party at the end and they're no 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 i'm talking about like uh are you talking about cynthia and roxanne uh i'm talking about i gotta get their names right now i'm talking about uh maurice and who's his wife monica well, they, yeah, they, they're sitting in a room and tediously going at each other. Well, they're, uh, they're husband and wife. And Roxanne are sitting in the room tediously going at each other. Yeah, because they're other. poor and they live in their parents' old house. They don't have anywhere else to live. I know, but it's like they're actually like trying, in those scenes, forcing themselves to interact. When you wouldn't ever do that. Cynthia would never, or uh, uh, was it Roxanne, the daughter, never be home. She would figure a way to get the fuck out of her mother's She's not home very much. Well, I, and then I know, when they're when, together, they have a stressed relationship. I don't, I don't see what's so strange about that. Why you'd sit in a room with somebody like that? You just going, hey, how's it going? And then you go up to your room. I mean, you, you would just totally not engage. It, it just seemed all, all, all. <laughs> you must, you must have had just amazing relationships with your family throughout your life. No, I'm just saying that if you don't, if you don't like your family member, you're in a, you, you don't. Those scenes just didn't just seem disingenuous. I guess you're going to have to tell me what scenes in particular. Oh, I mean, fuck, when, man. when, when I, Cynthia I, and I Roxanne were sitting s- watching TV or having some dinner and, and sort of t- barbs Well, like the other. first scene where, like, uh, Roxanne's smoking and mm-hmm. Cynthia's uh, uh, going on. Like, why would that scene even happen? Why would they put, you know, why would Roxanne even sullenly put up with her mother's BS. Why would well, she, she doesn't. She upstairs? runs out on a couple of occasions. I know, but I just, I, that those, there's just like quiet nothingness, no TV to distract anybody, just sitting in a quiet room with, you know, each other and, and then having that heightened by the, 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 the music. And I was just like, eh, hmm. uh, it's not, we're not working for me. All right. Well, I, I can't, I don't see where you're coming from there, but well, uh, what maybe, do you mean? Maybe I don't, that's my complaint. Like characters. Was pretty much well, I it. can't. I can't relate to any of them. I couldn't I mean, what, relate I mean, to any of them. You've never had. You've never felt desperate in your whole life. Not like you've that. Nev- you've never felt like there, there's nowhere to go, and had a little cry to yourself. Well, I mean, what kind of desperation? I, I, mean, I, I don't. She's getting older. She's got a terrible job. Her daughter hates uh, her. She but, has a bad but, relationship with her her older bro- her younger brother. I mean, her oh, life's the, just going nowhere, and she's feeling sad and lost yeah well, she's but sort the, of the, messed the, up the, to begin with the blubbering emotional diarrhea 
made me hate her so quickly. And that's oh, sweetheart. I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. ah, just fuck you. I, I, why, I, why do I care about you? You're just so fucking annoying. And you can't feel for her? No. she. The char- I'm not saying feel for her. The character turned me right off. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. It's just this blubbering, emotional, frantic, whatever yes. the fuck. Yeah, she's blubbering like, and she's frantic and she's hand-wringing and she's desperate. Yeah, just, just yeah she's all god, those just, things. Just god-awful. I don't want she's, to spend the movie with her. She's sad. I mean, it's a... Yeah. I guess, yeah, I, I guess, I, I, I guess I need, if you don't I, see I don't anything of yourself in her, I just... I, I, guess see, I, don't I mean, it, it doesn't... It, it, you don't have to see... Uh, there's characters all over the place that that you don't have to see yourself in every single character. You know, well, I mean, that's the, part I mean, of I mean, sympathy. To me, that's a little bit of extortion, emotional mm, I, extortion. I, I, I just I can't see emotional extortion anywhere in this movie. Believe me, I hate emotional extortion. And this movie just seems, all these characters seem so honest to me. They're broken, a lot of them. But they're what? honestly broken. Okay, starters, this, isn't a, this wasn't an enjoyable movie for me. I watch movies. I'm, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more honest with my tastes. Mm. And I, I don't, I don't watch a movie for the red medicine. I, I you know, I, I, I get, I guess, fed up with a lot of critical darlings that I sit through and it's like I never fucking watch that again. Mm-hmm. What you know? Uh, okay, good movie, sure. Uh, tedious and lacking in in enjoyment. Okay, you got me. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to watch you again, and that's my problem with this film. I, I it's sure it was executed well. Um, you know, the acting was good for, you know, all the mechanics were there. There's just nothing enjoyable about watching this film. I mean, the thing is, it's it's all these characters' pain and how they center around the relationship between parents and children. Well, okay. Roxanne is the only child in the entire, I mean, there's Hortense, but she comes along later. Uh, Yeah, but there's more than that. There's the, there's, there's Hortense's loss of her parents. There's Cynthia and Maurice's loss of their parents. There's uh, Monica's infertility, which is just tearing Maurice and Monica apart. And that's 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 as much about children as having children is not being able to have children and the terrible pain that is. I mean, you have this character, Cynthia, who has children and fucks it up. And then you have two people that have their shit together, Maurice and Monica, and they can't have children. And that dynamic of, you know, unfairness that that's why Monica hates Cynthia and Cynthia, because she's such a ditz, is blind to it. I just, I, I just think that pain is beautiful. Uh, it's, that, I, I don't. So the stress between those two characters is just gorgeous. There and, is and, a, a, a fucking infamous movie. Uh, I don't know who did it. Requiem for a Dream. You ever seen Requiem for a Dream? Mm, I think I saw this dildo scene on the internet one time. <laughs> But I, yeah. I think it was I think it was simulated. Which, that, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I lost yeah. My no, mind. that's the that's the that's the that's the uh, end of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's probably the most infamous of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, was but, it not simulated? 
Because I'm pretty sure what is that know. hot Jennifer chick Jennifer Conley wouldn't do something like that in a film. Not no, that's, that's a shame. Something so artsy. Uh, let me see what. Uh, let me see what we got here. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give the credits. It was 2000. Mm-hmm. And let's see who was it. Oh, Ellen Burstyn. The Cynthia character reminded me of the Ellen Burstyn uh, character in Requiem for a Dream. And Requiem for a Dream sort of like. I guess it's a it's an ensemble uh, movie with three different storylines, uh, but with interconnected characters who are related to each other. A few of them, but Ellen Burstyn is this. Oh, she's going mad in the film, and she lives through her television, uh, and she also starts taking like mood altering drugs or something like that. Uh, but then she, I don't know the, she. Her scenes of loneliness and desperation and madness were, uh, I guess, so challenging to me that I just the movie just kind of grossed me out even on that level. Besides, like Jared Leto's arm getting cut off and all that other you know grody shit in the film, mm. I, I don't know. And so I was just, I mean, it was heavy handed. I, I it. it a good movie, okay. Do I ever want to see it again? No, fuck no. And so, you know, with the Cynthia character and just the blubbering and the emotional diarrhea and just the, man, how much, I, I don't know what I was supposed to get out of it. I, I can't relate to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she annoys me so badly. Is that, it just Cynthia that annoys you that badly? Well, she can't sort feel of the, for this broken person? As much as I feel for a guy with a sign on a fucking freeway off ramp. Well, how about I, I don't, Cynthia I, was your mother? She wouldn't be my mother. Because <laughs> she's not my mother. Mm-hmm. So there you I can't relate. Mm-hmm. I can't relate. And that's not my fault. And you just find uh, her annoying just like so many other characters do. It's just like, oh, because fuck me. Because of her upness. I, I, man, the world's full of fucked up people. And it you sure can go is. visit any one of them anytime. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, a part of life is managing the fucked up people in your life. You mean um, the part of life is barring the fucked up people from your life? Yeah, exactly. Them. Yeah. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just it's a it's a common safety mechanism. It's the terrible you know? cruelty of the world. No, you just don't want fucking emotional vampires dragging you down into their pits of despair. It gets you down. It's not healthy. And mm-hmm. I fucking avoid those people. Uh, it's like, like after a battle going on the field and putting the people out of their misery with a knife to the throat, right? Uh, giving them the <laughs> mercy a, is JR, JR, I mean, whatever. Uh, well, shit, man. I'm not going to their house and killing them. I'm just like, I'm just like not, not engaging them. Mm-hmm. in any kind of, of correspondence or otherwise, you know. I mean, I have an uncle who's a fucking train wreck, and he was begging the family for money like mm-hmm. four or five years ago. Uh, and my parents are big softies, and it's my dad's kid brother, and mm-hmm. he couldn't, you know, do anything about it. But, he, they were, he, you know, he, he's hooked on painkillers. His wife's hooked on painkillers. Uh, you know, they're, they're in sort of that junkie level, uh, I would say, uh, and begging for money with the sob stories about getting kicked out of their house and blah, blah, blah. What a bunch of and pussies. They, well, I mean, we kept, we, you know, we, we, my parents would keep sending them money. I sent them money. And then after one time I said, I, I told my parents, it's like, look, 
I'm going to write him a letter and you're going to stay out of it. And I gave him an ultimatum. I was like, if you fucking ask us for money one more time, nobody will, I will never talk to you again. And, and how'd that work asked, out? He never asked me for money again. <laughs> but do you ask your parents? I don't, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was serious shit. I made him sign it uh-huh. before I wired him money. Mm. I said, well, that's I think you it. helped him find his bootstraps. No, I didn't because he called me when my daughters were was born and started crying again. But what I, <laughs> but the thing is, is I don't have time for that shit. I, I don't have time, and my 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 parents are big softies, and they get sucked into family drama. My mom does this a lot, and she uh, buys into. She's kind of a sympathy junkie. She just you know, it's like, oh, I better call your aunt so and so. She just got diagnosed with cancer. I'm like, why? why? You know, and so uh, she's oh, so sad. Oh, I'm like, mom. Well, I'm like, mom. What you know? To me, it's 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 burning too much energy, and uh, it drags me down. Oh, I I do I do agree with you there. You only have so much sympathy to give out. You can't be a bleeding heart. Nobody is. Even people who say they are, they care about every little child. They don't care about all the child soldiers and. If you right. did, you'd go crazy. Well, exactly. You'd absolutely go. You'd go absolutely nuts, shit, crazy. Well, and I'm a big fucking softy. I mean, I'm here to tell you, but boy, on a certain level, from you, but go ahead. On a certain level, on a certain level, when there's energy, emotional energy, vampires lurking, I'm like, this isn't any. Good. This isn't any good for me. This isn't. I don't I doubt if it's helping the person. Uh, I don't want to be the the shoulder to cry on, you know. TMI, mm-hmm. take it somewhere else. You don't want to. You don't want an older sister where you go over to her house, and the first after not seeing her for a year, and the first thing she does is give you a hug and start crying into your shirt. Yeah, I'd say fuck off. I'm out of here. And who get your shit together? <laughs> I mean, seriously, Come you give on. him some Republican reading material, dude. I'm not telling him to go get a fucking job. And I'm just look, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm. It's. It's. I'm being honest with you. You don't. That's not a great situation to be in. It's tough for Maurice. I mean, sure, you can not like Cynthia, and she's a train wreck. Now, whether you want to blame Cynthia herself for being a train wreck's one thing, but let's just go through the other characters really quick. I can understand not liking Cynthia. I understand you don't see any of yourself in her. I get it. There's not much to like in her if you can't see some of yourself in her and i okay. guess you wouldn't like roxanne either because she's sort of the same mess Cynthia. Uh, she's is. just a cunt <laughs> she's she got a terrible sour look on her face jesus she? christ just a fucking that chain smoking affect you know affectation yeah. she has i'm just like yeah. what a cunt you know? yeah i think she uh, i think she's a cunt i think they they have a they sort of allude that maybe she spent some time in jail well i mean who's a fucking street sweeper in Britain, don't they have machines to do that shit? I mean, well, actually, I mean like you go downtown, world. there's still people going around with those little buckets cleaning up stuff, yes, right? Man. But they're supposed All to right. be immigrants that we can pay terrible wages to and then kick out after they lose their job. So you can't hate Maurice. Maurice is trying the hardest well, he can. No, right? that, that guy, that guy he runs his own business. He's got all sorts of problems with his wife. He's got a fucked I, up. And he's trying his best to make her. You can't hate him. Well, he's the only likable character mm-hmm. in the film. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, he he he's the only character that offers any levity, which you get there in the, in the <laughs> when he's shooting photographs of all these 
strange. That is know. a nice, uplifting little bit. That's it, though, man. Thing. That's all the movie gave me. And as far I was as like, uplift, oh. and I was like, then it just went into this, you know, nadir of emotional. Uh, well, it's tough. It's about it's about pain. This movie, and well, so let's go through the other characters real quick. I guess you you can't really be mad at Monica, can you? I mean, I don't um, know. She's got reasons for being angry, but you can see the softer side of their relationship in a couple a couple of moments. You can just tell that she's really tortured inside, and it sounds like she's got problems with her lady business, right? Like maybe yeah. she's got a she's got like a lot of cramps and stuff. Like what is that called when you got like? Scar tissue growing in your uterus. What's that called? Endometriosis or something. Yeah. I think she maybe has something like that. That can cause infertility. That can be really painful and tough to manage. So it's hard it's hard to it's hard to be mad at Monica, right? Well, I I, I mean I, can you just, really dislike it's not her? a matter of being mad. It's a matter of investing in the characters mm-hmm. and investing in their plight. And uh you know, Maurice there's this weird scene where they're at the studio and like an old partner shows up or the yeah, guy that is a weird uh, Stuart, that old partner yeah i'm not and sure what me, the, i'm not sure what he meant seen, by that scene well I it could, just seems fucking heavy-handed it's like does every interaction in this fucking movie have to be uh you know uh, with broken people a broken regret spouted uh-huh. ad infinitum at each other yeah, yeah. I, I, i'm not i'm not sure what about the that fuck scene. was the point scene. of that guy yeah that was a weird scene and tell him to get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. I would have told him. I, I would have said, you know, he started moaning. And he's like, yeah, better than me. I was like, oh, my God. Really? You know, Look, it's like. I got I to agree with you. That was a weird scene. I don't know what it's there for. Uh, that, well, that, to that me, could be cut out of the movie easily enough. Yeah, to me, that just it just seemed more of the same. It was just like a, a, a fire hose <laughs> of pain and sadness and drama and tedium just shooting over well, me. Hold I'm it. like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm writing it off. I'm writing this now, off. It's you can understand Maurice. He's he's a good guy, but he's got a couple of women that have some serious problems on either side of him, his sister and his wife. He's doing the best he can. He's doing all right, right? He's holding it together. How about Hortense? You can't hate her. She's not full of pain. No, she's, she's your eyes into the whole drama. Mm-hmm. She's like um, well-adjusted, mm-hmm. emotionally mature, which mm-hmm. not a lot of people in this film. She's the only emotionally mature character. Fuck, mm, man. Other even- than Maurice is as well. Well, to a point, uh, I mean, what, I mean, he mean just kind of well, he just cracks, you know. There, uh, but like, you mean at and the end, he, I mean, he's he is honest. He finally <sighs> doesn't want the pretense any longer. I well, don't see where even, that's a weakness. Even the fucking helper at the photography studio comes over and just starts sobbing along with her. It's like, what the fuck, man? It's a, it's a sad. I was crying. It's I a mean, sad. It's a sad time. It's a sad moment. Well, it'd just be like, hey, it's a lot of you guys it's a release of stuff. pain. You got some stuff to deal with. I'm gonna head back to the studio. Oh, man. <laughs> you're a cold up. motherfucker. You are. A what cold do you mean? I'm a cold motherfucker, man. That is cold. Do, I do. It's. I, 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 I mean, she feels it. Little, she likes her boss. She he she sees this emotion and this outpouring of love, and she's moved by it. And she says as much in just a few words. I don't see oh, what's and, weird about that. Well, okay, so the problem is with Cynthia, and you know you talk yeah, about you the don't like Cynthia, but she's I understand. Well, I mean, just you so emotionally immature mm-hmm. throughout the whole fucking movie. Hey, you know, stow the you've set up this this whole you know this this facade that Hortense is buying into that she's an acquaintance, whatever, and mm-hmm. she's coming over. 
hey, just stow that shit until a later time when you can talk to Maurice <laughs> in private and don't fucking ruin your daughter's birthday, yeah, you cunt. No. Yeah, she's got... Look, I understand you calling cow. You don't... Okay, that's I fair. hated that's her. Good. I fucking hated Cynthia. She, she's, a, she's a she's a she's a broken person, but the movie shows you sort of why she's such a broken person. Yeah, but I don't care. You don't care that <laughs> she was raped when she was fifteen by some black guy. Hey, man, and ended up having but, to give her kid up for adoption because of that. Was it raped? I think there's that no they pretty much imply raped. No, there's pretty much there's a pretty strong implication that that's the source of Hortense's conception it's when that. everybody at, at the end is is having an outpouring of emotions and being honest jesus christ yeah and uh and yes. then uh, cynthia finally talks about roxanne's father which she never talked about before that he was just some holiday or from the states or maybe they met on holidays i thought that was hortense's no father. that was roxanne's he, she wouldn't uh. tell either of them who their father was earlier in the film but then hortense asked what was my father like and she goes you know, I can't, you know, you're killing me. I can't say it. And you know she was 15. You know her father, you know, covered it up, put as much dirt over that incident as, she, as he possibly could. Pretty sure it was something pretty traumatic. And okay. that, you can tell how that could really fuck Cynthia up. She got fucked, literally and, and figuratively. Yeah. Early on in life. It's sad. I, I understand that. Yeah. I, 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 but... It 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 it's a movie. It's a movie. It's not a person. It's not a. Like, well, see, that's that's, know, that's, it, that's it's I not a we, documentary. I think that's where we disagree. I think this movie, the characters really exist for me. They're real. They're not just some fabrication of a screenwriter. These are fully yeah, fleshed out individuals that I feel for as if they were real. I mean, this is a movie that really, it really. It goes off the screen. It goes beyond that. The characters really come alive for me almost more than almost any other film I've ever seen. And believe me, I'm not a big drama guy, but this movie just does it for me. It just hits the right notes. I, I just and the characters really I come mean, alive. I, I don't I don't I don't know how you relate to it. I mean, you just say, Oh, they're desperate and they're you know trapped. I was like, how, how? I, I was you can, you can like, understand sort of the history of all the characters. Well, the movie like, takes the times to say why these people have hurts and, and why they behave. You know why Cynthia behaves the way she does because of a tough upbringing, poverty, maybe getting raped when she was 15, Roxanne in and out of jail, trouble as a youth, a mother that's fucked up, doesn't know her father, See, Maurice. He's got, he's got, he, he's, he's made a good life for himself, but he's, he really wants kids, but there's infertility and it's just been destroying his relationship. And he's trying to prop up his fucked up, uh, older sister and they also had problems with like their uh wife dying or their mother dying young and i think they had to take care of he had to take care of uh cynthia's kid when he was a teenager and there were some issues with their parents okay and i mean you can see that all these people have the reasons for having the the breaks in in being a what you would say a well-adjusted person and that's yeah i'm i'm with you and all that Mm -hmm. the problem let's talk more about (laughs) <laughs> the nature of film. My problem is this, this is not why I go to the fucking movies. Uh, this, th- if if I want to entertain this kind of drama, 
I will listen to my mom talk about a second cousin I've never met <laughs> who fucking like uh, had a kid and abandoned it with a, you know, a grandmother's. I, I don't need it's just it's so there's so much of this in everybody's families. Uh, everybody in their family has some, uh, I would say, uh, component of sadness and desperation and broken dreams. I was like, you know, I don't need to go to the movie. I go to the movie to escape and not necessarily, you know, I do like movies that are dramas and that have some kind of vector in it that, uh, points to me in a specific way uh, about my nature. Uh, but I don't need, I don't need I, I that's not why I go to a that's not why I see a film. I don't see a film to hear shit about you know broken families. It's just not my thing. I don't get anything out of it. It's it it it, it bums me out. Uh it's TMI and this movie just seemed like that. I was like great acting. Um, you oh, know, Timothy Spall is uh, amazing as usual. Yeah, he's good. He's a good. I mean, uh, uh, nothing, no complaints. Just fucking tedious and not uh, not enjoyable. Well, see, I have to agree with you. I, I I almost I almost say exactly the same thing about movies. That's why I don't watch like dramas on TV and I don't watch true crime stories and stuff like that. It's because I don't want to hear about other people's problems. I got my own problems. I don't need to be brought down by every every Cynthia in the world's problems, right? Yeah, no, I'm with you. And yeah. I, I, and generally, I don't like dramas. I don't find them. I don't search them out. I don't watch them. I don't even know why I watched this movie the first time. If I saw this movie, other than Timothy Spall, who I really like, I would never have watched it. Somehow, I watched it. I don't know how. And the movie just grabbed my heart and rang it out. Well, and I mean, it got I... it got through that that part of me that doesn't like other hearing about other people's problems. It doesn't like to be reminded about the desperation of the world in our lives. But this movie got through that to me. It got through. I have the same feelings. I still do about almost, I almost never watch dramas. I, but I watched, this movie is so fiercely honest. So well, you focused say, on really, pain. Well, it just, it just gets right to me. And maybe, yeah, maybe I, it's just because it speaks to me more than it speaks to you. I don't know why nuanced. it is, but it gets it's me. Not, it's not nuanced. Oh, I, it, I can't. I can't agree with you there at all. It's these characters are incredibly well portrayed and realistic. Not, okay, their acting's nuanced. The 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 catch, the grab, the turn, the twist. It, it's not nuanced. I mean, with the, it, what's it, the, what, the, what, what's the twist? The twist is all these people unique, have problems no, surrounding reproduction and uh, being in their parent-child yeah, relationships. I, I, I know. Rose and I watch Teen Mom every week. Oh, I, I get all that. Oh, I mean, man. Come on. I never I, watch Teen Mom. Why? There you go. Some real drama, just like no, this that... shit. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, just there's like something this masterful shit. about this thing. And I don't, know, uh, I, can, go... I don't know. I can put a hand on it, but it gets to me. And way other dramas don't. Let's talk about another. We don't do many dramas on this podcast. This is not really the point of this podcast. And this, is, this movie sort of outside the normal oeuvre of this podcast. And I understand well, it's that. Not, it's and not a cult film. It's not. And I, I don't feel beholden to that. And I'm not, I know. I'm not, I'm not um, regretting this choice of the film. But um, 
we've done very few dramas. I see what is the most recent drama we did was probably closer. closer. And I think we have really different opinions. I feel like closer's a bunch of honked up tripe of a drama, a bunch of two dimensional characters, a bunch of, a bunch of noise really signifying nothing. And see, it's, it's interesting that we have opposite opinions. I didn't like closer. You like closer. I like this drama. You don't like this drama. It's interesting. I I just wonder, you know, I think it may be about dramas is that they're very specific to who they hit, who they grab. And that maybe it's tough to know. Maybe it's tough to really judge dramas because you don't know if they're going to reach in and get you like there is closer got you and this movie got me. There was a, there was a drama that, that, uh, our friend Travis liked from 1993. I think it's a drama. Yeah. Called fearless. Hmm. And he loved it. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is fucking boring and terrible. (laughs) <laughs> and i mean you obviously liked it for some reason but i watched it and i was like i just got nothing here this so, movie is not for me so maybe I, when we're talking about other people enjoying dramas i can't in good conscience call you a cold-hearted son of a bitch because it's just something about this movie didn't hold your heart well it turned me but off it, but it got me and that's, it was, isn't that interesting it's well, it's an I mean, aspect of dramas that maybe that's one reason i don't like it because so many dramas just aren't going to speak to you, and it's only one in a ten that are going to get you. And why and do you want to sit, so why do you want to sit through those Gilbert. nine other ones that you're going to hate? Right. Well, I, I mean, I, Rose and I watch quite a few dramas, mm-hmm. and uh, they're usually. I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, unique, and when I say unique, they're a situation that's tangential that but the, a, a lot of it has to do with plotting and a lot of it is i absorb a lot of the filmmaking that goes into to dramas and you know i understand this is very well wrought mm-hmm. but it's every I, you see where it's going it's like, okay, and then there'll be the confrontation where Hortense confronts the family and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, and Cynthia mm-hmm. will have a breakdown. And, uh, okay, you know, I, I got, it's, it's, uh, then there'll be a well, there's, there's not, there's and, not suspense in this movie. It's not about suspense. It's well, just it's, straight there's drama. No, there's no mystery. There's nothing to pull me along except for the some, some horrible family blowout at the end that you mm-hmm. know you're going to get. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, just Jesus, get it over with. But you, the thing is, I think what you're saying is that it's a problem not with the film communicating its points to you because it's just not using the language that's right to speak to you. It's more you're saying it's a fault of the movie. And I'm saying that it's just that this movie doesn't speak to you. Well, let's talk about, I mean, when you mentioned Closer and you didn't like it, mm-hmm. I like Closer for a, for a few specific scenes. And I'm a scene-based film watcher, and that's why I repeat film watching. Because I like, okay, this scene's coming up. Oh, I like this line. I like this point. And Closers satisfies that for me. Uh, I really like just hmm. sort of the edge of Clive Owen. Yeah, that's what you mean. Like, and, like, when and he's the way like, that, like when he's doing that sex talk over the computer. Yeah, <laughs> and the way that, that's a great that scene. He, he, you know... Uh, to, for lack of a better better metaphor, executes the other characters. Oh, in his office at the end. Well, and 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 you know uh, Julia Roberts when he mm-hmm. gets home from from 
his uh, horror-ridden I'm business trip to New York. Well, and that's why that's why I like that mm-hmm. movie. No, uh, those are great scenes. I think I think we're getting a, a, a disparity between how you and I appreciate films. I didn't like Coaster, not because I didn't like those scenes. Those were very good scenes, and I enjoyed them quite a bit. I didn't like that movie because I fucking hated every one of those characters. Yeah, I mean they're they're not likable characters. That's interesting. I think that I need. I think maybe the my general feeling of the characters are more important to me than they are to you, and your the the specific enjoyable scenes are more important to you than they are to me. Even though we um, see we see we see I those had, two. Well, things. I had a soft spot for Maurice, but everybody else I thought I thought sucked. I mean, Hortense was kind of uh, an innocent bystander. Yeah, you're right. Uh, she, she was the she, eyes. She she but but. You know, Maurice uh, is like, yeah, okay, and uh, um, yeah, I liked his stuff, uh, but I don't need to go watch Timothy Spall's performance in this to get sort of the uh, ennui of, of quiet desperation mm-hmm. and that I can get from another movie that I like a lot better. Uh, and right, well, so, I'm going to, I was going to make, I'm going to cross out my... Mike Lee fest idea <laughs> from my list here and my Tim Spall fest for possible uh, future things. It's interesting about Mike Lee, the director. Um, here's his thermometer rating since he started uh, making uh, broadly viewed films in 1990. 100, 100, 88, 94, 88, what, 89, what 83 92 93 93 those are all his thermometer ratings from his films nothing you know, nothing lower than an 83% and most of them are in the 90s <laughs> that's fine because uh rolling stone still gives bob dylan albums five stars every one of them oh, and snap. I don't listen to any snap of them. i don't listen to any of them so i i just I just I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to put up another Mike Lee film Lee Lee film even though I've enjoyed a couple of the other ones. Well, I, I mean, what, I don't mind. What else has he done? Uh, there may be one in there that I like. Uh, let's see, I, you ever I see Topsy Turvy? You might like that more because that's a little more fun. It's about um, Silver Silver Gullivan. What are the names? Those two. Those uh, they made like a musical theater. Sullivan and Gilbert. Gilbert and Sullivan. Okay. It's a pretty this fun movie. The first, There's that uh, Vera Drake movie that I never saw. It got incredible. I think it got a, a it might have got a, a uh, like an Oscar for something. It's about a woman who performs abortions in Britain while they're still illegal. Oh, for fuck's sake! That'll man. break your heart right there, huh? No, I don't fucking need that. And there's shit. another. There's another movie called All or Nothing that stars uh, st- uh, stars uh, Spall, and it's about like a couple that are on the edge of. Uh, a married couple on the edge of poverty and their troubles and trials. Why the I've never fuck seen. would I want to watch that? <laughs> Do you get my point? No, get, I know where I, you're I, coming I, from. I just, I can't agree with you for this film. I agree okay. with you for most dramas on, on your point. Well, no, I mean, this there's some dramas that, that I really enjoy. Uh, and like I said, it, it has to keep me coming back to the trough for a little something. I think you need some, some scenes and you need a little suspense. And those are movie. That's this movie doesn't have suspense in it. It's not what the movie's about. Well, yeah, I. I okay. It's about I, understand coming to understanding, and forgive these broken characters. For me, that's fine. But I, when you when you start out not liking any of them, you you don't didn't like want to forgive it. 
That's the one. Well, you she's really the like. fulcrum of the film. Yeah, and you didn't and, like and, her, and and she's just I just want to slap her all the time. Oh, I know what just you I know really. what you're saying. And and then if I can't slap her, then I stop caring about her immediately, and I don't give a fuck. No, she, see, she that's the difference. The At the film. end, I really do care about her, and I feel sorry for her, and I hope she finds happiness. And I, I think she I, will. Okay. And that, right. well, that, been, that that hits my heartstrings real hard. Okay. It just seems like there's so many other movies that have uh, got me a little bit more verklempt. Well, you uh, should throw out a – we should do a verklempt fest. You should, really, you should throw another one out. I don't, I, I don't know I what mean, they would be, but uh, I'm open to I, it. I, I think I've covered quite a few of them. In, our, in and, this podcast? Oh, yeah. What dramas have we done? Other oh, than fuck that. Now you're going to make me do it. You're going to make me. Uh, All right, I'm going to. I'm going to. Op- I'm opening up the official Cult of Matt and Mark uh, uh, summary uh, spreadsheet that I have here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just going uh, to iTunes I guess uh, so I you, you call Blue Velvet a, a drama, but I don't know if I call that a drama. Let's see what um, well, Clockwork I mean, Orange, I, maybe. I don't know. I don't really no, call no, that no. a drama. No, no, no. I'm talking about movies that have have gotten me a Killing little emotional. Zoe, that's not going to really make you emotional. Children of Men got me really emotional. Yeah. There's some yeah, pretty, a, pretty heavy stuff in that. I like Children of Men, but it also has a lot of sci-fi elements. It really draws in. Uh, well, okay, but but whatever it's it not, had. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I, li- I love Children of Men. Absolutely. Was was way more uh, satisfying. Train spotting is a drama, but it's sort of hip. Uh, and you don't I, really feel I, for the characters so much. It's more about a bunch of goofballs. Like Virgin Suicides. Yeah, first uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know what that I is. Mixed feelings about that one. River's Edge uh, is a drama. It's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, it didn't. Uh, but see, all those movies are very unique. We both love they swingers. Have, they have very unique uh, setups. And, and all, right, all the characters in Battle Royale too. I felt for every one of those fucking kids. All right, uh, <laughs> let's get on to the let's get on to the review. <laughs> Ebert reviewed this movie on October 25th of uh, 1996. He gave it four stars. Um, I'll read the third paragraph here because I think it's pretty good. It would be easy but wrong to describe the plot of Secrets and Lies as being about an adopted black woman in London who seeks her natural birth mother. The real subject of the film is about uh, is that a mother and her family have all but dis- been destroyed by Secrets and Lies. The young woman is just a catalyst to change that situation. And she, her life was fine. We're talking about Hortense here before the action starts and will continue afterwards. As you were saying, she's just the vector that gets things moving and more just the eyes for us to watch this family drama play out. Uh, he also talks about the, the character, Cynthia says, uh, she is, uh, the character is played as fear, uh, as a fearful, nervous wreck. I think that pretty much sums it up, right? Uh, uh-huh. and that, um, she, uh, the actress won uh, the Best Actress Award at Cannes for that performance. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty strong performance, uh, even though uh, you found her extremely unlikable for understandable reasons. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> look, he doesn't go on to say too much in great detail. It's sort of a disappointing review, even though he gives it four stars. Um, but he says that uh, he's admired Mike Lay, or Lay, ever since his 1972 film, Bleak moments, which we're doing yeah. next week. Enough said. Enough fucking said. On even the title. Come on. 
Really? Uh, what's bleak moments about? I'm guessing it's uplifting, <laughs> engaging. Uh, um, anyway. Uh, uh, Eber also uh, wrote an a, a updated review uh, back in 2009 as part of his great movies, rewrites reviews, which he does from time to time for s- movies that he deems to be great. And this was one of those movies. Um, talking about Mike Lee's uh, history, he says, uh, in the 17 years between... His first first feature and uh, a more recent feature. Uh, he says that um, Mike Lee has perfected what he instinctively began with: dr- tragic comic portraits of disconsented people trying in trying circumstances and an embarrassment in social situations that borders on pathology. <laughs> that se- that seems like a gimmick. I don't uh, know. One trick pony. Well, maybe maybe that trick certainly worked for me here. He does say that some of the characters are a bit of caricatures, uh, but he says that um, the direction has a way of rounding out the characters later in the films. And he says this is true for uh, the Cynthia character in this film, that maybe she's a little over the top at the beginning. Um, well, over the the whole movie. And he says that, summing up the character in this later review, Cynthia seems to be an anthology of raw sadness and worry. The problem, I mean, the, I, I, it was like Rose and Rose watched this because she, she, I think Rose would like it, right? Uh, she, got, she wasn't quite. Okay. Good. For, for, let's, let's talk about a legitimate complaint of the film. Way too fucking long. Come on. It's a little you long. Could, yeah. You could, you could, you could have whittled this down to a good, you know, hour and a half easy. Uh, yeah, it's not that much that. going on. It's not that much going on. Maybe two yeah. hours. Ugh. Yeah. Way, way too long. So, uh, no, he, he does but, mention but, a scene here, uh, a scene that I really liked. Actually, I got an image of it I might put on Facebook. It's where Hortense and Cynthia are sitting in the cafe on the cup of tea. And, uh, there's a long unbroken shot of just the two of them sitting at that table. And, um, you sort of see they're talking and Cynthia's reading the paperwork and Cynthia's saying, this is quoting from the, uh, the review here. Cynthia is saying that she has never slept with a black man. Then her face changes and uh, a buried memory surface, surfaces and she begins to sob. And that moment is, I think, really beautiful in the film. I really like that as the realization comes over her face as she remembers this, what I think is a rape or something similar to that. Uh, I just, I just, I just, just, I didn't give a shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, it's, it. I've ran into people like her mm-hmm. and uh, who and usually they're drunk and they're doing this sort of emotional diarrhea. And then you'll hear hiccups of like trauma, but you're so like, it's so toxic at that point that you're just like, oh, fuck, just shut up and go away. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not here for that. I can't help you. Uh, no, I know what you're saying. I, I would do the same thing in real life, but I don't know. Maybe I feel like I can open up to these characters since it's a film and let them in a little bit. Yeah. Since yeah, you yeah. know you're going to be released from any debt to these characters at the end of the film. Well, released any debt. I just didn't. I just I just wrote them all off. I mean, I liked the Maurice character enough, but uh, the rest of them, I'm just like, eh, just, so you know, so we're I, getting we're getting down to the real question here, Matt. Yeah. Should we continue with the podcast since we have such diametrically opposed <laughs> opinions of this about? movie? I mean, can <laughs> either of us in good conscience go on and review Terminator next week? Or is it The <laughs> yeah, Terminator? I, think so. I can't figure it out. 
<laughs> I think I think I think we can handle that one. All right. I think we're yeah. Uh, I think well I think tooled. that's that's going to be within our. Uh, um, it's pretty safe. It's a robot well, you, and guns and shit. And somebody well, you know me, man. I always like to give people. I, I like to. I, I like to do a little crowd pleaser. Uh, every once. In Good. A they get one crowd every, pleaser until the week after that. Every every once every other broadcast. Yeah. Like and we will remain on that schedule for the. I like, for at least one I, more round. I like to see the sinusoidal uh, download count. Oh, really? You should, you should show that to me in hard hard numbers. Uh, <laughs> give me give me a couple of bar graphs. Oh no, your so. stuff, your 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 stuff peps right up there. Uh, there's a few, there's a few things that kind of turd out, and uh, like uh, Muriel's wedding, mm. kind of turd it out. I think that's uh, one of our our lower. Uh, that's a good movie. Podcast. Uh, More about female. Counts. I think it's about female characters. I think a lot of our listeners are probably male. Yeah, because I'm always talking about like, dicks and porn and stuff. So it's probably not really turning on. Not getting a lot of panties damp. Listening to this <laughs> podcast, right? But I have a soft side, as you can see from Muriel's Wedding and Secrets and Lies, that I really like those female characters. I don't know. What well, you're saying, I don't have a soft side because I, 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 um, well, I you, not that you have more of a masculine soft side, like sort of like supple leather. I have a soft female soft side. Well, I no, I have like in one of those nice little pillows with the frilly edges that you put on a couch. I have movies that I relate to better because I'm happen to be a dude. <laughs> I guess. I think I think it points I, I, to our the differences in our. Well, the, this is one of those movies point. that brings out the disparity between the two of us, which is fine. I just like, and I like movies I can go watch again. That's mm-hmm. why I'm doing the movies that I've seen again because mm-hmm. I, 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 they're fun. They're they're comfort food. I know what you mean. And this um, and this was one of those movies for me. Oh my god, dude! I don't even know what to say. I guess it's a whole new side of you I haven't seen. I, yeah, I mean. Uh, just wait to see the backside. <laughs> oh God! All right, all right. So next week we're gonna uh, uh, return to the uh, what's it? Return to the median. Return to the norm. And uh, doing Terminator. I don't know when it came out. Uh, although I do know that Arnold Schwarzenegger's lines can be uh, written down in a single page. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did that. I, I looked that up once. He, he, all his lines you can summarize in a single page. Mm. So, and uh, really, I mean, a barbarian and a robot. I think that's where Arnold Schwarzenegger really shines. <laughs> it's a strong suit. It's yeah, being a, a loincloth <laughs> or no loincloth. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, until next week. Would you like a Rolo?